You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. And if uh, I sound a little nasal, it's because I'm uh, working through a cold, so don't stand too close, all right? Uh, title today's talk is Weapon Ambidexterity. We're going to be looking at some Vikings, Bushwhackers, and uh, examine a little bit of the pragmatics of uh, uh, this whole game of uh, equal facility in both hands, or at least near equal. Now, in the empty hand realm of combat, True ambidexterity is a rare bird. I mean, marvelous Marvin Hagler took great pains to develop facility both as an orthodox fighter and as a southpaw, but, you know, we can see easily where he stacks his chips when the heat was high, all right? He boxed well with both, but better with one over the other, right? So he, he came pretty close to being true with it, but it is still a hard thing to do. Seeking ambidexterity is a worthy goal, but one that has opportunity cost, as the economist would say. That is, the time put into developing the offhand, or off foot for kicking, or offside for grappling, means that that is time we no longer have for moving the complete, uh, the competency needle further towards mastery on our good side. Right? It's only so many hours in the training day, right? Now, we should always make that opportunity cost or cost-benefit analysis in our training as there are only so many hours in the training day and precious few per week dedicated to training itself. With actual training time at a premium, we got to ask ourselves, do we want so-so returns or better-than-average returns? It's not like we're living in the worlds of uh, we're, we're a samurai. We get to work all day long at what we're doing. We're probably corralling our, our combat work uh, into smaller and smaller uh, hunks of time. A lot of that's conditioning, or it should be. And then what you got left over is what you've got to you know, go with you know, honing your skills. You want to make those as mean and vicious as you can. Again, this is not an argument against empty hand ambidexterity. Not at all. It's just one of time utility and with a little bit of a jaded eye towards reality. Okay. Now, if we were to make the empty hand attempt, it might be wise to also attack the ambidextrous in non-training realm as well. I mean, there's a lot of people who say you've got to move through life and work and uh, use both hands with equal facility. Uh, there's a similar idea in Marcus Aurelius's in the Meditations, and uh, you'll find this quote in Book 12, uh, uh, Section 6. He says, Practice even at the things which you despair of accomplishing, for even the left hand, which is ineffectual for all other things for want of practice, holds the bridle more vigorously than the right hand, for it's been practiced in this. Unquote. So we've got a few things where the left hand definitely does better, like it probably whenever it comes time to cut your steak, you probably make that shift to whichever hand is going to use the knife, whichever hand does a, a good job at the fork, but if you add on automatically switch that over you can feel a little bit of oh, this is weird you know same thing happens in the realm of combat but not necessarily we don't want to necessarily make sure that we're working both hands equally in that because there is the specificity effect now again and back to aurelius the emperor was referring to building up qualities we despair of attaining such as courage or coolness under pressure uh just saying you know you got to practice things to have these qualities you just can't say i hope i'm a good guy you got to be a good guy right but his example does indeed show the way you know i mean brushing the teeth with the offhand or feeding yourself with the offhand or tying the shoes with the offhand etc can make inroads to bringing the offhand online but that's only going to be for that particular task as you put it in tying knots with your left hand or your right hand if that's if that's your offhand you'll get better at tying knots but it's not also not going to make you better with your uh, offhand gun draw specificity of task being specificity of task this is zero guarantee that a facile offhand tooth scrubbing turns into a lightning fast laser pointed offhand uh, marvelous marvin hagler jab okay you got whatever you want a skill you want you're gonna have to work that skill it's not going to transfer on its own 
But not to worry, though. Ambidexterity in the empty hand game may be of little value in the long run. Most sportive encounters no longer see injuries where a switch must be made. It used to be trained more to make the switch off because, you know, the hands were busted up more. As such, it had to happen. Well, we've got more safety, uh, we've got more rules, we have more safety considerations going on now. Most street encounters of such short duration that equal facility also does not pay dividends. Now, where a bit of ambidexterity may play a part is in the realm of weapons, because weapons in a hand are the equalizers. Now, weapons imply higher stakes, higher rates of injury, and more dire injuries at that. Injuries that at the very least can put the good hand out of play. No, but even here, opportunity costs must be obeyed. True ambidextrous facility may not hit 100%, but rather the despair that we might wisely shift our goal from being ambidextrous to barely being shifty. All right, now here, being shifty does not refer to being unscrupulous in character, but having just enough facility with the offhand that your offside is not so much an ace in the hole, but it's at least a face card, all right? Let's talk Vikings for a moment. In the sagas, which admittedly are legend, but in many cases, legend steeped in actuality, we occasionally come across references to a warrior being cunning. To be cunning in these old translations is not our current incarnation of the word, which is something akin to wickedly ingenious. The early use of cunning refers to the ability to switch hands with a weapon, a sword or battle axe, a spear that is wielded with facility in either hand. Now keep in mind, it's not equal facility, but just competent facility with either hand. You will occasionally find that this cunning trait in the sagas is actually referred to as shifty in some translations, literally the ability to shift hands in battle. Shifty gradually mutated to meaning resourceful or full of maneuvers, and how it finally wound up with the disreputable meaning today is another story. Some folks consider it not quite fair play to be facile and shifty and able to swap hands with a weapon. And that kind of thing just sounds like sour grapes to me. I think being able to go offhand with weapons is mighty, mighty wise. Now, there are numerous references in the sagas to cunning and shifty fighters, feats of sword and axe juggling uh, demonstrated in leisure hours, which seem to be part of gaining this facility or ability for uh, either handedness. To some degree, this is what you think of whenever you're seeing this in old uh, gun spinning and uh, uh, fancy gunplay work with, with using two guns. You're never going to use this in the actual fight, but it was felt to give your hands a feel for how the weapon uh, lay in your hands. <laughs> There are also in the sagas numerous, and oh my lord, I do mean numerous mentions of warriors losing limbs in battle. Being able to shift is a necessity when the good hand is laying in the gore grime mud of battle, all right? Now, there are other warrior cultures that place a premium on two-handed facility. I mean, many, many others, but let's uh, put a spotlight on just one more. Let's go to the Bushwhackers of Missouri in the Civil War era and post-war for those who uh, kept up the wilding ways in the Outlaw Trail. I mean, for as many of us, the best cinematic, cinematic representation of this is uh, Mr. Eastwood's The Outlaw Josie Wales, which also came from two fantastic novels. But a lot of these things are uh, based in fact. I mean, this is all backed up in the record. The uh, Missouri bushwhackers were guerrillas to some, heroes to some, violent villains to many, and the truth is, and really it's an all of, all of the above answer here, all right? Vicious things were going on at the time, and the, the motivations to being teased out, we don't have time for that right now. But what was agreed on, that their fierce fighting ability, uh, they won and all. I mean, one aspect of it was going into battle with more than a few pistols strapped to the body, a minimum of two, and in some cases, as many as five, all right? These Missourians were known for their ability to fire quickly and well from horseback, which is a none too easy feat. You try hitting a moving target with a handgun from atop a moving perch while in the heat of battle, right? 
Now, many possess facility firing with both hands alternately, but to keep us in the corral of being shifty, many adapted a maneuver that became known as the border shift. Now, I'm going to break this down, describe it to you, because I've worked on this thing for over a year, and it's a, it's a thing of beauty whenever it comes off. Uh, <clears throat> You're going to draw both pistols, holding the reins at the same time with your teeth or offhand. You're going to fire and empty the pistol in the strong hand. Then you will toss that pistol, the now empty pistol, for a single backward somersault in the air. Toss the offhand pistol to the strong hand. Catch the somersaulting firearm and then fire the newly strong hand arrived weapon. All right. Now, contemporary accounts uh, at the time say the manner was accomplished so fast you could not hear a break uh, in the firing between uh, uh, the two pistols. I mean, just the shots were almost continuous. And you work it hard enough on a good day, you could just make that happen. And it's, you, you impress yourself that, again, that's me working it, not under the heat of battle. All right. But it, it's letting you know it can be done. Uh, now, to round this musing back to the present, though, it might be wise to look to the Vikings and bushwhackers to consider that where weapons are concerned, there is likely a high probability of debilitating injury. And with that in mind, the Vikings and bushwhackers, in mind also, it might be wise to devote a bit of time to being shifty, to being a bit cunning, at least with weapons, where, where, where that's involved. If never wholly ambidextrous, we at least weight the game a bit more in our favor, favor using real-world models as our resourceful and full of maneuvers template. Uh, I believe one of our Rawls of 198 has a good deal on uh, tomahawk and battle axe uh, shifting. We get a, really a lot more coming on that in a, in a, 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 a auxiliary product that I, I can't, not supposed to mention yet. And of course, there's more shifty things coming up in some of our uh, Comanche uh, knife fighting. But in a nutshell, moral today is uh, we can work with a little bit of, and when it comes to the empty hand realm, yeah, work your offside, but put most of your training time in your good side. When it comes to weapons, uh, you might want to get closer to a bit of a, an 80-20 work, assuming that if you are really thinking of battle, that offhand may go out, and you may need a little bit of adjunct uh, from the other side. Anyway, crew, uh, crew, take care of yourself. If you get a cold, I apologize for standing so close to you. Like, subscribe, share to the podcast. Have a look over there at our website, extremeselfprotection.com, or have a look at our, our blog, Indigenous Ability, and take care of yourselves. Have a good one. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, extremeselfprotection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics. <laughs>